We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Good morning, grinders. Welcome to DFS pregame show. Here on Roto Grinders, I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me there on Twitter, and it's Thursday, we're going over yesterday's, well, Wednesday's NBA slate. Maybe take a little bit of look see on uh, today's five game NBA slate and uh, answering your uh, DFS strategy questions. As always, in the YouTube chat, I see you guys in there. Hello, good morning, Matt Mears, Joe Mack, Baker Helton, Card Fan, Suki Sing, Sky City. Trey, everyone, hit the thumbs up button. You know what to do first. Thummy thumbs, thummy thumbs, thummy thumbs. Uh, hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Hit anything you want. Hit me up in the Roto Grinders Discord. Remember, I I got a I got my own channel in there for a DFS strategy talk and I have a private group coaching calls approximately once a week. So join the Discord. Rotogrinders.com/slash Discord. Especially since now the the Roto Grinders forums are going away next month. Right. I learned so much from from reading like old threads, like from like 2013 type of threads when I first started playing in 2015, 2016. And it's a little, little sad to see them go. Now, all the discussions in Discord. So but you really can't go back like a year's worth of Discord chat and find out anything. So uh, so get get go through the forums. If you want to look, learn the old school uh, DFS strategy. Before it goes away. Uh, let's see. Uh, Baker Helton. With my new work schedule, I'm usually only able to play the late slate. Can you talk about short slate strategy? If you do anything significantly different? Yeah, you cared more. You're playing large field GPPs. You care more about unique. You're playing it more like showdown. Like a two game night slate type of thing. Think think more like how you play, play showdown. You know, how to get weird and unique and stuff like that more so than than anything else that's that's the main difference uh <clears throat> trey says we have to talk about the member that won four hundred thousand. yeah judge uh, genner genner genatter genatter whatever he's in the he's in the discord he's in 
He talks in there all the time. Yeah, congratulations to him. What do you want, 400K? And that, what, the, the $2,000 GPP yesterday. So that's that's nice, right? Smaller contest, obviously. You don't need the nut nuts. Uh, I, I play I play the large, the large stuff. The large stuff, the NBA fadeaway. Uh, didn't, didn't do horribly outside of like pretty much one person, right? Pretty, pretty much one person screwed me. Uh, and that was Kyrie Irving uh, at 1%. Apparently he doesn't do anything anymore. Apparently he doesn't. Apparently he doesn't. But here's my best lineup in the in the fadeaway. I got Dinwiddie, Pascal, Barrett, Lopez, Murray, Gordon. Gordon at one percent at forty three points, and Wood here. There's another lineup, right? Halliburton, Pirtle, Bo. Yeah, Bojan Bogdanovic. What what was up with that? Right, Christian Wood. Right. So I mean, I I lost money, but I mean, I I, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't disappointed at my my lineup selection. I mean, I I, I had a condensed pool. I condensed. I mean, condensed. Uh, I mean, I had a bunch of Kyrie Irving. Could I have been a little bit more diversified? Well, that's just a risk tolerance thing. But how do I review this? Like, I look through. I see obviously, you know, I could look through some sharp players. But the main thing, like I like I said yesterday, comparing your projected versus versus actual ownership because I change stuff, right? So if we go through, like we go through this process, right? I wanted to show you this because I left up my my lineup HQ from yesterday with the with everything that was in there until I until I didn't late swap anymore, right? So at seven twenty seven, there were probably projection updates from there, but I wasn't switching anything. Okay, so looking through here, if I go through and I go, okay, who did I play in my lineup? Some some guys I didn't play at all. But if I go through, like if I go through, let's see, the, the fadeaway right here. I go through the fadeaway and I go through, like I'm going to put it to the side. Just so I could look and go back and forth and then change the numbers. Okay, so we had Spencer Dinway I had at 46. And he actually came in at 61. Probably under, I probably under, under, I thought more people would, there, there were more options. To go around, people would maybe pay up for LeBron or something. So probably I, sh- I wouldn't, have, probably wouldn't have as much Dinwiddie if I had him at sixty-one and not forty-six. Okay, so let's put him at sixty-one. Okay, have a Christian Wood. Christian Wood came in at twenty-eight. I had him at thirty-four, and I had a plenty of Christian Wood. So at thirty-four, I, 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 I ended up working in my favor. So I put him at twenty-eight. I probably get more. So probably. Probably I would have had less of Dinwiddie if I was more correct there and more of Wood. Deontay Murray, I had a 26. He actually came in at 40. So it turns out I had too much Murray. Right? Because I, I played it as if, if he was only going to be 26% owned. A Congo, I got about right, right? 60, 60-ish, right? How about LeBron? Where's LeBron here? 18. I had him at 24, which is the reason I didn't. I, I think I had a couple of lineups with him. I put him at 18. Robin Lopez nailed it, right? I think Robin Lopez, Robin Lopez was 29%. Bojan Bogdanovic came in at 15, not 26. And I still got a ton of them anyway because of the dual positional eligibility, shooting guard position, small forward position. Cole Anthony came in at 26. I had him at 28. Okay, close enough. Halliburton, I had a 22. He came in at 11. And I still got him at 22. 
Kevin Porter Jr. I thought Kevin Porter Jr. was projected well enough. To, he came in at the eight instead of 15. Okay. Trey Young. Trey Young. I had a 10. He didn't come anywhere close to that. Well, no, six. Okay, not horrible. Joel Embiid. I had a, at, at seven. He came in at 15. And I didn't get I didn't even get him at seven. So at 15, I was I I, I was never gonna play him. He was over-owned at 7%, according to, to my runs. Alec Burks, 18. Where did he come in? He came in much lower. He came in way lower than I thought with Kemba Walker out. He came in at five. I would have probably going to get a lot of him. Kyrie Irving, I had at six. He came in at 1.7. I was still getting a ton of him at six for his projection, for his 44-point projection. Which Does he do anything anymore? Is he Patty Mills? Kyle Lowry, 13. I'm just going through the like the, the players that I at least had in my lineups. So what was Pirtle? So I just want to show you this process of what, what you're judging it by. Lowry, 13. What did Lowry come in at? Seven. I had a little bit more balance. Chuma Keke. It's hard to judge what he was going to be on. 34. Yeah, I had him at 25, and I didn't get any of them. So he was over-owned. Pirtle. At 20. Yeah, 19. Okay, close. De'Aaron Fox at five. At uh, Well, I had it eight. Came in at six. Obviously, with my Dinwiddie uh, ownership being off by 15 percentage points, it's going to be spread out. Obviously, a lot of these are going to be lower. Lonnie Walker, especially with that we didn't, we didn't know what was going on with the Spurs, and then the starting lineup came out. Is Keldon Johnson going to play? We don't know. Came in at 21. So not 14. Alex Len. He wasn't starting. So the, in the beginning, probably the 3%. Yeah. All right. 3%. Harrison Barnes. 5%. Not 15. Jalen Green. I had at 9. And he came in at 3. Right. Everything is going to be. Everything is going to start going down from here. Dennis Schroeder, I had a, at 17. He came in at 19. Malik Monk, I had a, came in at five. Dorian Finney-Smith, which shooting small phone was such a bad position. He was in like he was barely was one percent owned. I was getting a bunch of them at twenty a twenty six point projection. R.J. Barrett. He did well. Came in at three. I had him at six. Mike Conley, I had at 11. He came in at three. You're all this Dinwiddie ownership. Hayward, I had at nine. He came in at five. Gordon barely, I had Gordon at nine and he, and he barely was owned. He came in at two. Maxie, Wagner, O'Neill. Okay, let's keep on going. Maxi eight. Close. Wagner. Came in at six. O'Neal. It was hard to judge. See, the, the jazz, it was hard to... What's going to happen with O'Neal and Pascal and who was starting? O'Neal came in at 12, and I know Pascal came in at like 21. So that was all late swap stuff. 27, he came in at 27. Joe Ingles who, what, he got injured or ejected or something. 
came in at six. PJ Tucker, yeah, just let's just do, do them all at this point. Tucker came in at two or three. I had him at 12 for the power forward position. Let's put it at three. Derek Jones Jr. got injured. He came in at two. Caleb Martin, which one side had a decent projection on. He came in at seven, yeah. Clarkson came in at four and not two. Al Horford, I had a 10 for whatever reason. He came in at three. Bryn Forbes, he was barely owned, right? Yeah, 1%. Chetty Osmond and P.J. Washington. This was all that was in my pool. Chetty Osmond at one, P.J. Washington at two or three, technically. Okay, so now bring this back. Okay, the reason why I'm I'm changing all of these now, okay, when I was late swapping, I was dealing with a range of like 180 to 200, okay? So let's say I'm going to put in a 100 lineup. So I'm going to rerun now that I have this, this, this ownership level in here. Now I'm going to go, I'm going to make sure, let's see, I was, yeah, I was setting the max 200, unique player. I was, you know, getting diversity, go through 49.5. Max total lineup ownership, 200 in total. So let's see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run 100 lineups and see now what shows up. We do 200, we do 180 maybe also. If we take a look at my lineups, we go to the rebuild late swap tool. So we get a 185. This is based on the projections from obviously before I, you know, with Spencer didn't wait at 46. Right. So 185, 189, 193, 173, 141, 200, 188, 195, 189, 200, 196, 179, 166, 173, 171, 161, 196. Yeah, a little bit of, in different ranges. Let's just do max 200. You can see here in my 20 lineups, I had a whole bunch of 17 out of 20, Dinwiddie, 15 out of 20, Robin Lopez, 11 out of 20, Pascal, 11 out of 20, Bogdanovich. I had half my lineups with LeBron, half with Wood, half with Murray, 40% Kyrie Irving, 40% Dorian Kinney-Smith, right? Two lineups with Eric Gordon. So now let's see if I run it at, at 200. Now it has to take into account the ownership, the actual ownership. Still the projections that they were, I can't, I can't do anything about that. There's no point in comparing it to what they actually did anymore. So you go through here. So he's looking at, he's looking at a ton of Spencer Dinwiddie, right? Still, I still get a lot of Boyan Bogdanovich, right? I still get a lot. Okay, now if I start eliminating, well, let's see, these are 190s. So 190, start, start eliminating the lineups that are too high owned. The lineup above it, 189. 188. 187. 
181. Get rid of a lot of these lineups. Let's get let's get rid of okay. Let's get rid of these lineups. Uh, delete all these lineups below. Okay, I'm going to get rid of my saved lineups that are in here. Clear saved lineups. Okay. So I get this build one. One, two, three. So I'm down to 181, 185. Okay. So now we get 181 over here. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do this by by like 40s, just to make it quicker. So I'm gonna save these lineups. This is 190s to 181. Technically, this lineup I should go also. Right. Okay. So I'm gonna save these lineups. Save this in all lineups below. Now I'm going to run it because the last one we saw was a 181. So now I'm going to drop down to 180 and see the next 40 lineups from there. Okay, going through. And this is with the actual ownership now. The, the, project, the projections as they were, but the actual ownership. 171. Okay, we get a 171 lineup already. 163. One fifty one. Okay, we're dropping. We're dropping fast. So obviously, it's not as spread out as I mean. Obviously, the ownership is much more inefficient when you look at the actual. One fifty one. One fifty one. I don't think we're going to be able to beat one fifty one. So let's let's uh, delete all the lineups below. We're going to go down to one fifty now. Save this and below. We got eight lineups total. We'll go down to 150, see what's there. Let's see what's down in the 150 range. With more high variance lineups. Okay, we got 148, 138, 137. Going through, going through, going through, going through, 137. Can we beat 137? I'm not sure if we're going to be able to beat 137. Like I said, I'm just doing doing it very, very quickly for time purposes. Not the most, not the most precise method. 135, okay. 135 is good. Yeah, 135 is good. Just so you get a, a couple of lineups, throw a whole bunch of lineups in the save lineups, 124. That projection versus ownership makes sense. You could probably do a ton more of this. Obviously, I have unique players on three to get a more diversified set. You do it on one, you'll find so many more lines. Right? I'm just doing this very quickly. This is an example. Okay, save this in all lineups below. So we got 13 lineups. Do I want to go even further down? 124. Let's get let's get one, one more run. 123. Not sure how great these line the very contrarian lineups. 109. These are the actual ownerships. These are not the projected ownerships. This is actual. So I put in the actual. 107. Because we're going to move these over to the save lineups and then see what 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 these lineups look like. 107, 107, let's see, 
Anything past 107. I'm not pulling out that many lineups. I don't think we're going to beat 107. Let me just see. I could just scroll and make it easier. Yeah, no, we're not going to beat 107. Delete all lineups below. Delete that lineup and save these. Okay, so we got 15 lineups that, from a projection versus ownership standpoint, seem, seem to make sense. So we look here and look, we got Boyan. I'd still get 80, 80% Boyan, right? Robin Lopez, but you get a ton more Alec Burks, which I didn't have. A ton more Kevin Porter, right? Take a look here. Who's not on this list? Shumo Keke is in one lineup. Anganku isn't even here at all because everything's being Robin Lopez based on the ownership. Because Anganku is like 60% owned. And the projection difference, he's not worth that, that ownership. When you have like the, some cheaper players that are going to beat him more often. Still getting a lot of Dorian Finney-Smith, right? I mean, Kyrie Irving is still getting Kyrie Irving. Eric Jones Jr. I mean, it's not like this wouldn't have created this wouldn't have created even better lineups. I'm just seeing the difference. Like I wouldn't have had as much Pascal in that case, obviously because his ownership was much higher. I had him originally at 12. He came in at 27. Right. You just look through here. It's like basically the Alec, basically Alec Burke. If I was, if I was a little bit better at projecting that people wouldn't play Burks. I gotten I would have gotten more of them. But I mean, these lineups wouldn't have done that well either, right? I mean, DFS didn't do anything. Boyan didn't do anything. It's not like, the, but that's not like what I'm. I'm not comparing it to the to the actual. I'm just comparing it to like what I could have gotten if the ownership was actual accurate. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have resulted in anything that dramatically different other than Burks. So obviously I go through more lineups than 15. That's why it's like, at the end of the day, I may not have 80% Boyan Bogdanovich. I may not have, I may not have 73% Kevin Porter Jr. But just, just from a, I still would have had, still, I still would have had plenty of Dinwiddie, but maybe not 17 out of 20 Dinwiddie. But I just, I would have had more Burks. Okay. Still would have had Wood. Still, I mean, it's still, still, look, I still have Murray and James. I still, I still got Irving as I did. I still had one or two Trey Young lineups. Okay. RJ Barrett, Kyle Lowry. I mean, yeah. That's how, this is how you could review it. How would have my lineups been different? What, what am I comparing it to? Right. I look in my lineups here in the late swap tool. And I go, he's like, where's Alec Burks? Alec Burks. Here, I got five lines. Okay, so I mean, it's not like when that was horrible. Right, six on Kongu lineups that maybe I didn't need to have. I ended up with Pertl that, I mean, obviously, I'm only running 15 lineups. I would have ran more. I might, I might have gotten some of these guys in, like Eric Warden. Maybe I, I didn't get Al Horford or something. Just going through them. This is how you'd review, not like, oh, okay, what, what, what happened yesterday, right? You go through, you go through your lineups, and you go, oh, I shouldn't have done this, I shouldn't have done that. Like, did the ownership versus projection of your lineup make sense based on the numbers that you had? If the answer is yes. Then what else are you going to do? 
right, compared to lineups that, like, top players had. So if we go, let's say, to Petty, right, who won. His top line, Lamar Stevens, I know he plucked that out of his ass. But take a look at the total ownership here. 40 plus 26. I mean, these look similar to my types of lineups. 40 plus 26 is what? 66, 70, 77, plus 29, 70, 107, 106, 106, 120, 133, 143, 153, 161. About 162 percentage points in ownership. And other than maybe Randall and Stevens, they were all these guys were in my pool. Right? And Randall has raw points, right? Lamar Stevens is just okay, he got there. Right? Garbage time. It was like, okay, ownership looks fine. 160-ish range. That was around a lot of my lineups. Take a look at his second lineup. Similar. A little bit lower owned. 26 plus 11. About 37, 41, 44, 73, 113, 125, 145, but it's a lower projected line. Right? Just look at Anthony Halliburton, Hayward, Lopez, Murray, O'Neal. Like everyone is in my in my little small pool of my 20 lineups, other than Kata Bates the Oak. All these guys, I I could have made this lineup. Just instead of this thirty nine hundred dollar guy, I would have had someone else. Right, with 800 salary money, yeah, and I would have needed a power forward or something. Would have been in that spot. Take a look at this one. Right, Len versus Me Too, right? That was a swap at the, at the, the end, if you wanted to. Right, take a look at this. It's like, I mean, I had Caleb Martin in my pool. I just, I had him as over-owned. But, I mean, pretty much everyone's in here, right? I didn't have Darius Garland. He went off for, for 3% owned. But look, he could play on Congo in this type of lineup. Look, 40 plus 26 is 66, 69, 76, 136, 139, 140, 152 or so. You get away with playing uh, Chalky Mari, Chalky and Congo by playing like, you know, right, by playing Me Too and Garland in the lineup. So it makes sense. Go to the next line. Right, this looks how much chalk is in here, but you have Lamar Stevens and John Collins and Gordon Hayward. You could eat Wood, Bogdanovich, Murray, Lopez, Dinwiddie. You could eat it. You could eat that all. Next lineup. Right, same thing. Similar here. A little bit more contrarian. You can take a look at someone else. Let's take a look at uh, who else were we looking at? A Hombro. Let's look at a Hombro. Right, looking at lineups. This is the second place line. Okay. Outside of me too, all these got this, this is a lineup that I could have made. I mean, well, look outside of me too, look at this line. It looks very similar to the lineups that I was making. Murray, Gordon, Pascal, Lopez, James, Barnes, Wood. I mean, like, like, dude, this pretty much is my lineup outside of 
power fight. You know, th- this would have ended up being like Derek Jones Jr. or something like that in that spot. Right? So it's like projection versus ownership. This lineup is very similar to my lineups. 13th place lineup. Yeah, I didn't have Hero and I didn't have Sharp at 5% and 6%. Okay. Here's a hero. Yeah, a Lamella ball. You can kind of, anyone in the single digits, you could kind of rotate around. That's why if you play Julius Randle, it's like it's Julius Randle. I mean, it's whatever. I mean, if you take a look, you probably, there's probably like Tyler Hero. I'm going to assume is not like a corner piece of any, look, look. I mean, it's literally not a corner piece. Yeah, Hubbard just happens to have 17%. Right, Lamello ball. Right, not like a corner piece. Yeah, people have them, right? A little over the field at 9%. Right? Going through 32nd place lineup, 44th place lineup. Dayron Sharp, who started for the Nets at center. Here's a lineup other than Hero. I mean, Halliburton, Wagner, Congru, Lopez, Murray. I didn't have Randall, Pascal. You know, I mean, he didn't need Randall. When I just take a look through the lineups and I look at projection versus ownership, kind of, I'm like, my lineups kind of look like these. I mean, look at this lineup outside of Lamelo Ball. They're essentially my lineups. And the difference between coming in in, in the 330s and coming in where I came in in the 310s is, is one spot, right? Is playing uh, Darius Garland instead of Kyrie Irving, right? I mean, just some random, fairly efficiently owned player. Right, going through actual lineups. People go through, a lot of times they go, oh, I'm just going to look at exposures. Oh, this guy didn't have too much of that guy. Well, take a look at what the lineups look like also. That helps. But it depends on the types of lineups that you were building. Like we take a look at Petty Theft. He was way under on Stinwitty. Then you have like a Neil Orfield who's way over on Either way, you could make good lineups. But he was way under on Pascal. Some people didn't swap at all, right? RBX, zero. Some people did a Hubro, 66% Pascal. There's no correct answer. Look at Chumo KK. I didn't have him at all. Neither did Mr. Goodseats. A whole bunch of people still had him, right? Petty Theft only had 9%. But take a look at the what do the lineups look like, and that's why I, that's why I also go through and go look. What do these lineups look like? Counting, counting up the ownership, counting up. You could even if you wanted to do an, in Excel, you could even export these lineups in the CSV and compare the and compare the two, like to your to your projections. So, what do their lineups project for in your in your own projections versus the ownership? And you go, what, 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 what are their lineups combined to and what are your lineups combined to? If you're playing well, you're most likely going to be in a very similar range. But this, is re- this is reviewing. This is what you should be doing to review a slate. We didn't talk about any specific players or how well they hit or if they busted or anything. But I don't, I can't control what happens in a game. All I'm doing is using the, using the numbers to build liners for the contest that I'm in. And obviously I'm playing the largest field contest. 
So I don't mind my line was being pretty contrary, but not maybe excessively so. Going into the YouTube chat, let's see. Feel free, you could always uh, post your questions in there. Do, 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 do. Alex Santi asks, when you modify the peon of a guy, do you then adjust all the correlating players or just work down the list? Yeah, well, I mean, especially with the like the lake swap stuff and the news, like I'll have to. Like once, uh, like the main thing that I had to do was when Norvell Pell was ruled out. I had Norvell Pell at 31% owned, at projected owned, right? Who's going to start, uh, who's going to play for the Jazz? So it's like, what do I do? Well, I, I, I'm obviously taking out Pell. Where's that ownership going? I moved, and I, I obviously he's a center. I moved some of their some of that ownership to Robin Lopez, some to Christian Wood, more to, I added more to Agangu, that guy. And obviously I gave some to Pascal. I gave some to Royce O'Neal. Kind of like, where's that 31 going? It's going somewhere. That's where you have to judge. I don't know what I don't know where it's gonna go. I don't know what's gonna happen. How many people are gonna play Pascal? Then how many people are gonna play Pascal after he wasn't in the starting lineup? I don't know. Especially when it's a higher owned player like that. Some guy that could, oh, this guy's not playing and he's four percent owned. Like, how much is that gonna necessarily affect ownership? Especially when when that guy's out and it doesn't really doesn't bump up anyone. It seemed like uh, Kemba being out for the Knicks. No one cares. No one seemed to care enough about for Alec Burks. I had Alec Burks is three times more owned. Like I had him at 15 when he came in at five. And that affected my ability to get to him. I thought more people, I thought he, I thought he'd be, especially with these small face, small forward eligible the more people would be getting to him. Right, I am at 18, and he came in at five. Like, I don't mind the Dinwood. Like, anything at the top, very top end, I don't care that much about it. Oh, yeah, I had a Dinwiddie at 46. He came in at 61. Still one of the chalkiest players on the slate. So, I mean, it's not, it's not gonna, that's not going to matter as much. But, yeah, I, I, go, I go through and, like, well, if this guy is that owned, then... Then I got to bump some other people up. So I'm not adjusting just on a willy nilly. I'm going around. I'm going around the industry to to other sites that people look at. And go. What do their projections look like? What does their ownership look like? Not because I don't trust the Roto Grinders projections. It's because I know the people in my contests. There are people that are looking at that. If that was if if, if you go to another site, it was all it was off by a million percent. But I knew that. I knew that a thousand people looked at it like I'd want to know what they're looking because they're going to be going, oh, uh, this guy's projected for 17 trillion points and he's only going to play three minutes. It's like, oh, he's going to be 12 percent owned, even though he should should be zero because everyone's looking at some error on some other site. So, So that's how that's how I could gauge on what people are going to be playing more so than not. And obviously those sites and everywhere else around the industry updates at different you know, this guy's in, news happens, this site gets updated, you kind of have to juggle a lot of windows. 
And then also think about the psychology of like people that in earlier in the day, everyone was on obsessed on this one thing, this one play. Most likely they still get owned, even though there's been, there's been new value that opened up. But everyone remembered in content or something. So the guy that should, that, that was going to be 30% owned now doesn't need to be 30% owned. He only needs to be 8% owned, but he ends up coming in at 18% owned because people built their lineups five hours ago or something. Uh, what did Pascal's ownership compared to Engels end up being from kickstart? Ingles, Ingles was 6%, and Pascal was 27%. But it's different positions. Right? Pascal is small forward, power forward. Ingles is shooting guard, small forward. So depending on the spot that you had open. And we can see here that, across, you know, look, we had a couple of sharper players that played, you know, jammed, jammed in Ingles. And some said, screw it. We don't need Ingles. Can we take a look at Pascal? Right? Some people jammed him. Some people didn't. He wasn't a jam-worthy play. It wasn't one of those types of things where it's like, get him into all your lungs. But obviously, with it being late, late swap, he figured to be lower owned than he would have been at the start of the slate. But still 27% was probably, that, probably about efficient. Uh Alex Santi says, I had to swap to Pell late. Went from Kyrie Pell to Levine Len. Levine ended up being 40% owned. I'm assuming you're talking about FanDuel. <sighs> Grant Brown says, do you check to make sure total ownership is still 800% somehow or just directional? Just directional. I don't, I don't care. Remember, I'm, 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 not, I'm not trying to project all the players. Like, take a look at my pool. I've already eliminated the players that either don't show up in lineups or I don't want, right? That don't, don't project well enough, right? So I only have 43 players in my pool. So like back here, like I didn't have any DeMar DeRozan, Donovan Mitchell, Luca, Harden, Kuzma, Vooch, Randall, Harris, like all the, I'm not doing it. So I did, if they're not in my pool, if they don't make, because I'm only making 20 lineups. If I was making 150 lineups, all these guys would be in my pool. But in 20 lineups, I'm just going to start cutting. And if their RGV, if their smash is not high enough compared to other guys in those, I just, I just get rid of them. Since I'm only building 20 lineups. I don't need to, I, so I don't have to juggle so much at once. That's the reason I'm only playing 20. If I was playing 100, 150, if I was playing even 80, I'd have to do double the amount of work because I'd have, I'd have more, I'd, I'd, I'd have Lonzo Ball. I'd have all these guys in there and then have to adjust their ownership. So no, it's not, obviously it's not going to add up to 800% because I'm, I'm, a, I'm not look at all the players that I'm not, I don't have in my pool. So I just concern myself with, with the players that are in it. How do I get the players in it by running lineups before? I mean, I, that's what I run lineups before who doesn't show up at all. And it's typically lineups that you can see here sort by is like smash percentage. And RGV, right? But it's guys that don't make the cut based on these two numbers. Because when there's enough, when there's enough players that I could fill out my lines.
Uh, Rupster says, why not sell a peon upgrade like Hardy sells the Blitz? Because, look, I don't project all the players. I don't project all the... I mean, I, this is directionally accurate for me to make lineups. That's That's all I care about. So what would I be selling? There's nothing for me to sell. And I'd have to do what? I'd have to do it every day, even if I'm not playing. What, are you kidding me? You pay me a lot of money. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do I'll, Yes. I'll stop. I'll actually stop playing. I'll just, I'll just provide ownership like this. You pay me $75,000 a year. Then I'll do it. That, that's, the, that's where I want to hit playing DFS, right? I don't even have to play DFS anymore. And I'll just do, I'll just do projected ownership for, for all the sports. But then you can't trust my projected ownership because if I'm not playing, then I have no skin in the game. And who knows? I go, oh, I look around here and is, it, is he going to be 29% owned? I don't know. Right. Rupster says $10 a month. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> it's not hard. It's not really hard. I mean, you can just use the Roto Grinders ownership. That's perfectly fine. That's going to be more directionally accurate than you. This, this having zeros in it and you putting them in. So that's fine. As long as as long as it could beat what you could do yourself, it, that's obviously worth it. And sometimes I'm wrong, right? Sometimes I'm off. But I like I like looking around the industry and seeing, you know, oh, this guy's projected well there. He's going to be a little bit more on than we think. I don't have to agree with the other side's projection. That's not the point. Point is, is like, you know, if I see other sites projecting a certain guy two or three points higher than what we have him in at Roto Grinders, like our ownership may say 10% and of like, he's going to come in at like 22. And people are going to look and go, why the hell is he 22% on? Is it the projection that the two or three point difference in projection? Typically, it's a two or three minute difference. Who's right? Who knows? Well, I know is that. Based on our numbers, he's going to be he's going to be higher owned. And obviously, based on our numbers, him being two or three points lower projected, twenty two percent ownership versus ten percent ownership means you don't even play the guy, right? Then he's then he's, then he's definitely over owned based on our projections. But obviously, that ownership has to go somewhere else. Right? If you, that guy's generating ownership. Where is it coming out? So you have to go and go through and flip. This guy's getting on. It's a small guy. You know, you look at uh, point guards getting ownership. Right. The reason why look at look the point guards that weren't Murray and Dinwiddie, I had over projected ownership because I only had Murray at like twenty six and Dinwiddie at forty six, which means all these other point guards like Cole Anthony, I had close at twenty six. So like that ownership has to go places, right? So that's why I had Eric Gordon at nine and Lowry at at whatever ten or you know like all these all these other guys down here. That's why I had Trey Young at nine or ten. And he came in at six. Yeah, because everyone gravitated. More people than what I projected gravitated to just Dinwiddie Murray. That's a, that's a knock-on effect of all the other point guards. Okay, so what's going on today? Is it Dennis Smith Jr. Day? Is it DSJ Day for, for Portland? 
Is that what we're doing today? Is it, we're jamming him into all. It looks like it. As a right, okay. These these are their, okay. These are the three twenty in the morning projections. Let's see if there's been a manual update. Nope. That's what it looks like. It's DSJ day. DSJ day and Nurkic, I guess. You don't have to have Nurkic. So what was what the optimal show for today as of right now? DSJ, Marcus Morris, Nurkic, Ben McLemore. It's a lot of Portland, right? Who's that? I mean, Lillard is getting. What happened to McCollum? Is McCollum dead? Right. Portland hasn't been on a slate the past two days. Right. Remember, I haven't paid attention to basketball in over two months. Well, look at this Portland lineup. Wow. But they're, they're, they're going to be chalk. Apparently, they're the chalk. Look at this. Like, look at all these numbers. A five-game slate. Tre- even Trendon Wall of Walt Watford? Who the hell is that guy? C.J. Ellaby? Is it C.J. Ellaby Day? <laughs> Who are these people? It's the creative players. Looks like they barely have anyone in the rotation. But look at 4K, if he's going to play 36 minutes at point guard. I think I think DSJ is going to be all all twenty of my lineups with a salary adjusted plus minus value at twelve point eight nine. Yeah, he's probably going to make uh, even at seventy six percent owned. He's probably going to be in all my lineups at that number, right? I mean, because let 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 let's do let's do the let's do the the the, the exercise. Bring these all back, okay? So here's a lineup. I'm going to run this two eighty seven point nine. This is a line. This is an optimal. I'm going to go to build rules. Let me just put in 20, whatever. And let me run the lineup. If I take him out of the player pool. <laughs> so the optimal with DSJ is 287.9. Without DSJ, 273.47. Jeez. So you give up, you're giving up everything. 273 to 287. You're giving up you're giving up 14 points. If you don't play DSJ, like you can't not give up 14 points. You, you give up more points, right? You could give up even more points than that. So based on our current projections, for you to, to not play DSJ in your lineup, you'd be sacrificing 14 points in projections simply by not playing him. Which means you, there are lineups down there that you could play without him. Yeah, there may be, but most likely, I most likely will just jam DSJ and then find all these places to get different elsewhere. To give up fourteen points for one player, you might as well just, just you might just just take the fourteen points and run. And if he just happens to dud, then so be it. Like not playing Nurkic at 7,600 is a different story, right? Like look at here, 287.9 if I don't play Nurkic. 283.5. So you're giving up, what, four points? That's doable, right? If you don't play Jokic for whatever reason, I don't think you give up anything. 286. So what, you're giving up? A point, if that, 
287.9, yeah, a little over a point. No big deal, right? And then once you go down the line, it doesn't matter, right? What happens if you don't play Desmond Bain? You're not giving up anything. You're giving up a half a point. But DSJ, you're giving up 14 points by not playing. As of right now, as of the projections that I'm looking at right now, who knows? And the numbers that I'm looking at. It's a five-game slate. And there are going to be people. They're going to, if, if the numbers stay the way they are, they are going to be people later today on crunch time, on Grinders Live, which comes out later, later today, 5, 5, 10, 5, 10 p.m. Eastern. Click on that notification bell to know when we go live. There are going to be people on Grinders Live saying, yeah, I'm just going to fade DSJ. Maybe Dean says that. I mean, that, that. If I was on Grinders Live, that would be the conversation. And you're like, oh, you never know. You fade you don't, you, At these numbers, you don't fade. Sacrifice 14 points of projection. He's probably still under-owned at 76%. If these numbers hold up. Once his, if his projection goes down, then, then obviously you're more and more likely that it's okay to fade. It's going to be hard to give up 14 points when just – just hope he dies, and then you have the you still have the best line. But yeah, but we talk about more on on Grinders Live, right? Hit those thumbs up buttons on your way out the door, right? This is mostly a review show. Some people come by and go, "How can we barely talk about today's slate?" Because it's basketball, it's NBA. Who knows what the hell's going to happen? I mean, like yesterday, yesterday was kind of even for a nine game, kind of a quiet. We had the Spurs news. We had Pell out. I mean, stuff happened, and it didn't feel crazy, right? Crazy, crazy. It just felt like normal crazy. So, like, how do you, how do you, how do you go over slates at eleven o'clock in the morning when eight hours from now, nothing I say may even matter anymore, right? So that's why review. Show you how to properly review. How how are you going to get better if you're not paying attention and reviewing what you've previously done? How are you playing? Are you playing well? Not what happened. People focus too much on the results. I should have picked this guy over that guy. How, how is that actionable today? How is that actionable tomorrow? No, we're playing, and DFS is played with lineups. Had you had, you could do one of two things. Look at the projections and ownership and go, had I known what the actual ownership was, would my lineups have been different? And which, where they would have been different, regardless of the results. Doing that, and then number two is studying sharper players and looking at their lineups. Did their lineups look like your lineups? From a projection versus ownership standpoint, and like actual players, you go through. That's why I said I went through. You know, aha, bro. I'm like, I'm looking. I'm like, like these kind of look like my lineups, right? Little one v ones, right? Stuff, stuff like that. But like, I'm not like completely off, completely off my rocker or anything. Those are the two things that you could do. And the closer you are to playing lineups like the top players in the game, the contest that you're in, and the projection versus ownership of you know the lineups that come in the top 1% of contests, over time, you will win. Over time. And if you're playing GPPs like this, one, you're looking to win once a season, right? Once a season, right? You're going to play 150, 180 slates. You're probably going to lose 90%. 
But you hope in the other 10% that you make enough money. Maybe you win once. Maybe you come in the top 10 four or five times. You have an eighth. And you're like, oh, close. You have a fourth. Ah! At that point, once you're in the top 10, it's like it's a, just, it's a difference of a couple of rebounds, a bucket here or there, a three-pointer at the end of the game. These payout structures are ridiculous, right? Right? 100,000, 35,000, 20,000, 10,000, 4,000. Right? So you come in fifth place, you get 4,000. We got a couple more points. It's a difference of another $96,000. That's your goal for the entire season. Oh, I've died. I played for three weeks and I haven't, I've, I've lost every slate. Oh, cry me a river. You're, you're saying something that's normal. Are you aiming for first? Because if you're losing for three weeks straight and you're building lineups that have very little chance of winning, either because they're too chalky or way too contrarian, then that's different. Then you're just going to bleed your money away. So you got to review what you did. What decisions would have been different had you known? Compare your lineups to sharper players and get better. That's actionable for future slates. Okay, so uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Remember, this is full time now, right? Monday through Friday, even though next next week we're going to have some days off because I'm going, I'm going away next week to, uh, to Washington, D.C., Hopefully don't get COVID right in the process. Hopefully. But uh, but we'll be here. We'll have been through until baseball. Hopefully baseball doing NBA. Uh, even though it's a, it, it's a, it seems a little bit less crazy than it was like a month ago. In NBA. When like everyone was out and everyone was playing creative players. So it seems, it seems a little bit calmer. I expected it to be nuts. And now this is just normal crazy. It's normal NBA DFS crazy. I can handle normal crazy for NBA DFS but not the nutso stuff where there's 17 lineup changes and people are in and out at seemingly at a whim five minutes before game time. So like, it's not that nuts, but, uh, but I'll be here. I'll hear with you as I, as I always am answering your DFS strategy questions on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. <laughs>